Welcome everyone to the Bridge of Faith podcast. We are so glad you're listening today. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by today's message. God bless. You know, some of us maybe have experienced lending our heart out to someone or something that has failed us and maybe it's left us broken, hurting, feeling like your heart is just in all these pieces. I just want to encourage us today that we serve a Heavenly Father that we give Him our heart, He can restore our heart, no matter how broken it may seem. He can restore our heart. He can renew our heart. All it is is a decision on our part to say, God, have my heart. Have my heart. I've given it to people. I've given it to things. I've given it to to finances, I've given it to my word, and it has left me empty. It has left me broken inside. And so I want to give my heart now to someone that I know is going to take care of my heart, that's going to cherish my heart, that's going to look after my heart, that's going to guard my heart, strengthen my heart. That's the God that we serve today. Let's give him that. Let's see that one, one more time through. Yes, God. with the heart and so you've been teaching us through this whole sermon on the mount that we've been going through that it's all about the heart that if you have our heart then you have everything we can mess up we can make mistakes and fail along the way but if you have our heart then you have everything you will always pick us up it says though a righteous man falls seven times yet he gets back up again and that's what makes that man righteous is that even though he messes up everyone else messes up and stays down but a righteous man will mess up sin but get back up and say i'm not going to stop following god yeah i messed up yeah i sinned yeah i made a mistake but i'm going to get back up and follow the heavenly father so god we thank you that that's the god that we serve we ask you to have your way, have our hearts, God, today. Have your way through the rest of this uh, service today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. You guys, go ahead and have a seat. Worship team, thank you so much. Um, all the kids can go ahead and head on out with Rosie and my wife, Jerry. They're just going to have some good social distance fun um, so that we can kind of have our own time in here today. And again, they're, they're not going to be doing anything too crazy. Um, hopefully at some point we will be able to get our kids' ministry into full swing again. But uh, until then, we're just going to do what we can. Again, if you served on a team, please, 10 minutes after service today, we're going to get back here in the sanctuary. we got some goodies for you, and, and, and we want to let you know what's happening moving forward. So welcome back to our Summer on the Mount series. It all began, if you remember, weeks ago, over a month ago, with Jesus talking about the B attitude. So again, these are lessons from Jesus' mouth himself. And it started with the B attitudes. And these B attitudes had all to deal with our character. And don't you love that? 
that if you are here today and, and you're saying, you know what, I think I want to do better. I think that I want to really just, just go after God and see how that impacts me, my family, my workplace. Don't you love that Jesus doesn't start with, all right, well, this is how you need to look. This is what you need to do. You need to memorize all this amount of scripture. You need to go to church this often. He doesn't start there. He starts with our character. He said, all right, you want to follow me? Well, this is how your character needs to be compared to the character of the world. And then he's going to go from the Beatitudes to say, now that I've talked about your character, now let's talk about your influence. And this is where, this is where Jesus said, you are the salt and the light of the earth. You are meant to be in your family, in your workplace, right where you are. Yeah, maybe God has something else for you down the line. But right now, wherever you are at, wherever you are living, wherever you are working, that is exactly where God wants you to be. That's exactly where God wants you to, be, to, to have influence. Um, Gil, could you turn down the ox all the way to, 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 to the very bottom? I hear some faintly uh, worship music in the background. Sounds lovely. I love it but it will throw me off eventually. Next, Jesus said, okay, now that you're, you're, you're taking care of your influence, now this is what it's about. It's about the law and righteousness. It's about you longing, desiring to live a life that is right in the eyes of God. But guess what? We cannot live a life that is right in the eyes of God if we don't value his word, if we don't value the law. Now, the Jews back in those days, that's all they did was value the law and try to memorize the law. And then they created 613 commandments and then some in order to fulfill the law. And they thought, all I have to do is do this law perfectly and God is happy with me. It doesn't matter about my heart. It doesn't matter about my motives. It doesn't matter about my intentions. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. The counterculture Christianity that I'm going to present to you, yeah, it does matter to fulfill the law and to do what is right, but it doesn't matter if your heart's not in the right place. If you're only doing it for the sake of doing it, it doesn't matter. But if your heart is in the right place, that you want to please your Heavenly Father, that is what I care about. Then the last two weeks, Jesus went further into righteousness, and he gave us six examples from the Old Testament law, and then he raised the standards. He said, this is what you were taught. To live this way when it comes to lust, anger, retaliation, revenge, all that. This is what you've been taught, but now this is the standard. And so we went from there to now today, Jesus is going to continue on righteousness. And now, he's already talked about righteousness a couple times. But whenever Jesus has talked about righteousness so far, if you remember, he said, your righteousness, if you follow me, it has to exceed that of the Pharisees. And so what he was talking about, though, was moral righteousness. He was saying that your righteousness that needs to exceed that of the religious leaders, it's moral righteousness. It's, it's, it's kindness. It's purity. It's love. Now, today, Jesus is going to talk about righteousness, but he's going to talk about religious righteousness. And specifically, he's going to talk about three spiritual practices when it comes to righteousness. He's going to talk about giving to the needy. He's going to talk about praying, and he's going to talk about fasting. Now, it's interesting because giving to those in need, praying and fasting, that is something that everyone out there values. Every world 
religion out there values that. And so Jesus, what he's going to get at today is saying, yes, we also value giving to those in need. We value praying. We value fasting. But what matters and the focus of today is why are you doing it and to whom are you doing it to? And that's what we're going to focus on today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just love you. We worship you. We ask God that you open up our eyes, our ears to hear clearly what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want to follow along with me, we'll be in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start at verse 2. Matthew 6 verse 2 says this. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secrets, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The first thing that we have to notice here is that for all three uh, practices of giving, praying, and fasting, Jesus uses the same word, when. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. So that tells us right off the bat that Jesus expected his followers not saying if you want to give, if you want to pray, if you want to fast. Jesus expected his followers to be generous givers, to be just prayer warriors, to be those that fast and long for more of him in their life. Jesus expected that from his followers. He expects that from us today. So he said, when you give. Now, he said, don't be like them. Don't be like them. Now, he's talking about, again, the Pharisees. He's talking about the religious leaders of that day. He's saying, don't be like them. Don't be like those hypocrites that they would, when they gave, they would literally sound trumpets so that everyone would know that they were giving. So that in the eyes of all the men and women around them, they would know, oh my gosh, look at them. Look at those Pharisees. Oh my gosh, they're giving that much? Wow. That is what they cared about. That is what these religious leaders cared about in their day. And Jesus said, they have received a reward. Their reward is this. It's the applause of man. That's their award. But guess what? The applause of man doesn't go on forever, right? We get tired of clapping eventually, right? The applause of man does not go on forever, but it stops. It will stop eventually. And so guess what? If we are chasing the applause of man, then we will keep on wanting to sound those trumpets, maybe not literally, but figuratively, sound those trumpets so that in the eyes of our family, in the eyes of our friends, our coworkers, they see that we're good givers because we long for this. We long for that. Now, the counterculture way of giving to those in need that Jesus is going to present is this. He says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, this is not literally, right? Because he's not expecting us to go ahead and try to be a giver, but try not to know what you're doing, right? Just kind of like, hey, okay, I'm not sure what this is. I'm not sure this is a 10, this is a 20, a 100. I don't know, uh, but my hand didn't see it, so let me just put it in the plate. That's not what he's saying. That's not what Jesus is getting at. 
he is getting at this, that our focus, when we give to those in need, our focus should not be on what our hand is doing, but our focus should be on what is our heart thinking of what our hand is doing. What is our heart thinking of what our hand is doing when we give to those in need? Now, our heart could be thinking three things. Number one, it could be the praise of man with the Pharisees' uh, thoughts. And that is, you know, who's watching? Who's watching? And this, what should be an act of mercy, giving to those in need, it should be an act of mercy on our part. It turns into an act of vanity, caring more about ourselves than others. Our heart could also be thinking, I'm going to keep quiet. I'm literally not going to tell anybody, but I'm going to self-congratulate myself and pat myself on the back when I'm done. I'm going to make sure that I feel good about this. And so now this turns into what should be self-sacrificing into self-congratulating. That becomes the focus. Or the third thing our heart could be thinking when we give to those in need is that we truly desire the approval of our Heavenly Father. That's it. We don't care if anyone knows, if anyone sees, but we just truly, sincerely care about the approval of our Heavenly Father. You know, it melts my heart when my kids, they do something, and then and the first thing that they say is, Daddy, did you see? Did you see that, Daddy? Now, guess what? If I didn't see it, and I tell them, no, sorry, I didn't see it, my kids will not be like, okay, well, I know I did it, so that's good enough for me. They won't do that. No, no, no. My kids, if I tell them I did not see it, they will do whatever they did again and again and again until I see what they did and, and until they hear the words, wow, good job. I'm so proud of you. You know why? Because as little kids, they long for the approval of their father. They long for just for the approval of their father, not themselves, not anybody else, but they want to know from their daddy that their daddy is proud of them. And that's the same thing that Jesus is getting at when we give to those in need. He wants us to, just to long just to know that we are making our heavenly father proud, that he's looking down and smiling on us, and it doesn't matter if anyone sees anything, if anyone says anything, but he sees and he knows what we do in secret. Let's move on to the next practice. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. Jesus said, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray... Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So in this lesson, Jesus is depicting two prayers. One is representing hypocrisy and the other is representing reality. All right, and as he is talking about this, he's going to say these Pharisees, these religious leaders amongst you, he says, they love to pray. Now, hold up. Isn't that, isn't that a good thing, right? I mean, these Pharisees love to pray. That's a good thing. Shouldn't we all love to pray, right? But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Unfortunately, these Pharisees, it was not prayer that they loved. 
It was themselves that they loved and the opportunity that prayer gave them to show everyone how much they love themselves when it comes to prayer. You know, today, that might look like, you know, us wanting to pray, you know, wanting to maybe go to church on Sunday for any other reason besides to please our Heavenly Father. Maybe we want to pray. Maybe we want to, you know, make prayer a good habit in our life. Maybe we want to go to church on Sunday because we want to feel better about ourselves. Maybe it's for another reason. I remember growing up as a young teenager and I just gave my heart to God. I would go to church on Sunday and I sincerely believed that because I went to church on Sunday, whatever sport I was playing at that time, that I was going to do well in it. Because I made the sacrifice and went to church on Sunday, even if I had a baseball game later on the day that Sunday, I would go to church believing because I went to church, God's going to bless me with a great game. I believe that. But now my question is, what happens if I didn't have a great game? What happens if we choose to pray and go to church because we want to feel better about ourselves? We want to say that we're doing a good thing. But then all of a sudden, life goes backwards and things start happening. Guess what? Because we were praying, because we were going to church for a wrong reason, any other reason besides wanting more of God, as soon as something goes off, say I had a bad game, then guess what? I don't want to go to church on Sunday anymore. I don't want to pray. Because my focus is on the wrong area. That's what Jesus was trying to get at here. Nothing destroys prayer more than doing it for the wrong reasons. The counterculture way to pray, Jesus said, was go into your secret place. And when you pray, pray to your Father who sees in secrets. Now again, this is not a literal teaching that Jesus is saying. He's not saying that you can only pray in your room, close the door, nobody else around. Now we know that because in Acts, the early church, they prayed together as a body all the time. The whole point is, why are you praying? Are you praying sincerely because you love your Heavenly Father? Because you want more of Him in your life, in your family's life? Or are you doing it because you want to feel better about yourself? Maybe because you think that I'll get that promotion or I'll have more success at work or, or my family will have more success in our relationships if I pray, if I go to church. But guess what? We're going to be let down because we live in a fallen and broken world. And things aren't going to go our way all the time. But if we pray, if we choose to go to church, because we love God and want more of him, we will never be let down. Never be let down. You know, Jesus finishes this by saying, your father who sees in secret will reward you. Some versions say, who sees in the secret place. Or you go to that secret place. And the Greek word for this room that the secret place represents is the word tamian. Tamian. And Tamian, that word in Greek was used to represent a storeroom where treasures were kept. So what Jesus was teaching here, that when we pray in the secret place and all we want is more of God in our life, then guess what? Our Heavenly Father is waiting to reward us with treasures. 
He's waiting there when, when we want to pray, whether it be here at church, at home, at your work, while you're driving. When you choose to pray simply because you love God and want more of him, it says that our Heavenly Father is waiting to reward us with treasures. What are those treasures? Is it a promotion at our work? More money? Is it a better relationship? Is it a, that, that car or house that we've, that, that we've been desiring? It's not. The treasures that are waiting for us when we pray, simply because we want more of God, the treasures waiting for us is a renewed heart, a refreshed life. It is forgiveness. It is healing. It is restoration. It is all these things. It's, it's God trying to shower us with peace, with love, with a new life, all these things that the applause of man could never give us. Could never give us. Those are the treasures, the everlasting, eternal treasures that's waiting for us when we pray. Let's move on to our last uh, spiritual practice of today. Matthew 6, 16 says this, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their face that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who sees in secrets. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, fasting, abstaining from food, that is not an uncommon practice ever since the very beginning. It is not uncommon at all. Again, many world religions practice fasting. Many people out there fast. And so it wasn't unusual for, 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 for the people sitting listening to, to Jesus to hear this. The Pharisees fasted twice a week. Uh, John the Baptist's disciples fasted twice a week. And so this was common for them to hear this. But Jesus was saying this, the Pharisees, they fast because they want people to know how holy they are. Because they want people to know how righteous they are. And so the Pharisees would literally disfigure their face. That was not a figurative uh, example there. The Pharisees back then, when they fasted, they would get ash, rub it on their face so that they look all pale and gloomy, and then they would walk around mopey all day long so that everyone would know that they were fasting. Some, some say that they would even forbid personal hygiene during that time. Can you believe it? And so Jesus is saying, hey, when you fast, man, take care of yourself. Take a bath, you know, like don't look tore up. When you fast, you shouldn't be doing it so that others can know that you're fasting. It's about your hearts. You should be fasting. Really, you can fast for many good reasons, but three reasons is one, simply because you want more of God in your life. That's a good reason to fast. Maybe it's because you need direction in your life. There's a big decision coming up, and you want to hear clearly from God. That's another good reason to fast. A third reason maybe is because of, out of loving concern for somebody else, a family member, a friend, someone at work that, that you know is going through something. And so we're going to fast for that person so that maybe God will use us to bring breakthrough to them. 
Those are good reasons to fast. And all Jesus is teaching is, however you fast, do it for him. Do it for him. I'm going to conclude here. Jesus has been painting a picture of religious practices done by Pharisees and done by people who, who follow him. One is motivated by vanity. One is motivated by pleasing man. And the other is motivated out of secret being motivated by their love of God. You know, countless times Jesus said the word hypocrites, right? Don't be like these hypocrites. Don't be like these hypocrites. And you know, sadly, throughout time, today, the church in the eyes of the world, when the world thinks of the church, that's probably one of the first things that they think of. And maybe you've heard it before. Oh, church is full of hypocrites. You know what? The classical Greek word of hypocrites, where that word comes from, it comes from, back in classical Greek, it meant an order or someone acting in a play. And so it meant someone that treated the world as their stage. And so they would never act as who they truly are, but they would always put on a front, always put on a mask. And so that person was called a hypocrite in plays. And now today, if we're to watch a movie or go watch a play, we expect the actors acting to be acting in someone who they're not, right? And that's okay. But when the church is acting and behaving and doing things that they shouldn't be doing because it doesn't line up with the word of God, then in the world's eyes, we look like hypocrites. And so it's my prayer that that's a slippery slope. We could all stand here today and say, that's not me. I'm not a hypocrite. And maybe you're right. But you know what? All of us, myself included, we are so close, so close. We can become distracted with the world and we can easily become a hypocrite. We can easily start doing things for the wrong reasons, just like the Pharisees were doing in all these examples of giving, of praying, and fasting. And so my question today is, who is your audience? When you're at home with your family, when you're at work amongst your employees, when you're just by yourself, who is your audience? Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you behave the way that you behave? If you choose to give to the needy, pray and fast, why do you do these things? Because guess what? Whoever our audience is, that will be our reward. If one of those audiences, that reward will end. It may start and it may feel nice in the moment, but it will end and leave us feeling empty over and over and over again. But the other audience is eternal. The other audience is everlasting. And if we choose to give to the needy, to pray, to fast, and do everything else for the glory of God, then there is a reward waiting for us that will never end. They'll never end. And I think about, man, I deal with anxiety, you know? I've dealt with depression. And when my heart and my mind is fully focused on the Father, I don't deal with those things. They may come, but if I don't get distracted by it, and I put my heart and mind back on the Heavenly Father, it's a Him meaning everything to me, and all that I do, then guess what? I receive that reward every time. 
I, I receive peace of heart. I receive peace of mind. I receive assurance from God that everything's going to be all right. No matter how chaotic or just crazy things seem to life, it's going to be all right. And that's the reward that God is waiting to give us. That and everlasting life with Him. Let's stand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, that you are not asking for us to be who we are not. You're not asking us to do things, say things, be things that we are not. But all you are asking is for us to bring ourselves, who we are, messed up, broken and all, to bring that before you and lay it down at your feet. And when we do that, you are pleased with us. When we do that, there are rewards, treasures waiting for us that's beyond our comprehension. So I pray, Lord God, for everyone here today that we would choose to do everything for your glory. Whether it's giving to the needy, praying, fasting, that we're going to do it all for you, God. All to you, all for you, all because of you, all because we just want more of you in our life, God. I pray, God, that that will be our motivation, that that will be our, our drive. And when we get distracted, because we will get distracted, when we get distracted, I pray, Lord God, that we will not stay distracted and become a hypocrite, but that we will just redirect our heart, redirect our mind back to you again. And that's all it takes is mess up, get back up, follow him again. Get back up, follow him again. And all of a sudden, we look back and we have grown. All of a sudden, we have matured and we didn't even know it. We thank you, Lord God, that all this is possible because of your son, Jesus, dying on the cross for us and offering us that new life in you. Thank you so much, Lord God. I ask you to bless everyone here today. Bless everyone tuning in online, God. I just ask for you to have your hand upon uh, all the first responders out there dealing with these wildfires. Please protect them, God. Please, please bring, bring rain, bring whatever you got to do, Lord God, just to calm these wildfires down, Lord. We just continue just to lift up COVID-19 to you, asking for you to bring solutions, Lord God. For just, just for you to bring healing, Lord. We uh, lift up the upcoming election to you, Lord God. Our hope is not in the political office. Our hope is not in whoever is the president of the United States, whether it's a Democrat, Republican. Our hope is not in that, Lord God. Our hope is in you and you alone, Father. And so we give all these things to you because they're out of our hands. So we give it to you, Lord God. We trust you, Father. Bless everyone here. Got the great Sunday and a great rest of the week. Just let me pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, you guys. Thank you so much for coming on out. Um, again, take 10 minutes. If you serve on a team, please come back here. We have some updates for you. Um, and again, have a great week. The month of September, we are going to get off of the, 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 the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to be teaching every single Sunday about prayer about prayer. Then every Tuesday, we're going to be praying here at the church at 7 o'clock. So please come on out if you can make it. All right. God bless you guys. Have a good day.